Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, well, glad that's over. The Lakers season is officially over and it ends on the lone real comeback that the Lakers had after a season's worth of fake ones. Uh, Austin Reeves goes off, Malik Monk goes off, Mac McClung had had a had a nice night. Uh, the young guys just in general brought a ton of energy on the road in Denver and get a win there. Denver obviously playing without Jokic and uh, they will apparently be playing the rest of the year without Jamal Murray and without Michael Porter Jr. Uh, so both teams were thin and all of that stuff, but the Lakers competed and they end the season on a high note. Uh, that <laughs> That high note did not last for more than 43 seconds. The game ended, and less than a minute after the game ended, Adrian Wojnarowski tweets out, uh, quote, Frank Vogel has coached his final game for the Lakers, a decision that is expected to be shared with him as soon as Monday, sources tell ESPN. Lakers search expected to be lengthy and expansive with no clear initial frontrunner. He followed that up by uh, saying that Vogel led the Lakers to the 2020 uh, NBA championship and assuredly will be a candidate again in the league's future head coaching cycles. Less than a minute. And that launched a debate on the internet about how the Lakers handled this. And and look, I, I think on one hand, I understand that the Lakers have been so inept in so many ways that I can understand why people would immediately jump to the conclusion of right when the season ended, somebody from the Lakers sent the text over to Woj saying, yeah, we're firing that guy tomorrow. And then Woj fired off his tweet. In my opinion, it seemed more as if, hey, the season ended. Woj hasn't really leaked, hasn't really broken much when it comes to decisions that the Lakers have made um, and and the direction that they have gone in. And it felt like this was an easy win. Everybody knew this was coming. We, <laughs> If you've been listening to the show, we knew back when the Lakers beat Utah that, you know, they beat Utah. It was like the best win of the season. And the next morning was like, wow, it's a good thing they won that one or else he would have been fired. I was like, after a good win, when the Lakers were still contending um, and seen as semi-serious contenders. Now, you get this, and and I again, I understand why people would jump to the conclusion of, oh, yep, the Lakers just screwed up again. But this just felt like reporting that the sun is going to rise tomorrow. Everybody knew this was going to happen, and only Woj is so psychotic that he would tweet it out less than a minute after the game. Let's just say, though, that it did play out in a way that everybody is treating it and that the Lakers essentially fired Frank Vogel publicly before he could have, before he walked off the court. He was probably still on the court when that tweet went out from Adrian Wojnarowski. Um, If that is actually how it went down, and again, I don't think it is, but regardless, if that is how it went down, then it is just another example of there being zero adults in the Lakers' front office. This is something that 
this is just not how it's done. If again, if it is how if it is the Lakers essentially firing this guy through the media before he could walk off the court after he coached his final game for you, if that is how it went down, then it doesn't make me very uh, confident that they're going to be able to figure out anything, really, let alone starting with replacing Frank with somebody who was better than Frank was. This is a coach who won you a championship. This is a coach who, uh, you know, you handed over a shit roster and he tried to make it work as best he could. Um, And now, look, he did sideswipe a couple of those decisions and especially as the season has worn down and again as everybody knew that he was going to get fired including Frank he has said some things that were like pointed criticisms of the way that this team is put together Um, but this is still one of very few coaches who have won you a championship this is somebody who should go down as one of the better Lakers coaches ever And yet it feels like for the back end of his tenure here, not just feels like, it actually is the case, that for the back end of his tenure here with the Lakers, they have just absolutely disrespected him. And it's really too bad that it went down this way. And again, you know, if you're you're a a really good head coach, you're looking at the Lakers and you're saying, well, are you going to treat me like you treated that guy over there? If you are... A, a even like decent head coach, a young up and coming head coach. This doesn't really dis- dissuade you from coaching the Lakers. But if you have bona fides, as Vogel did, by the way, like he, you know, he was their third choice and all of that stuff, but still was seen as a really good coach at the time of his hiring. And after his departure here, like nobody who is respected at all is blaming Frank Vogel um, or, or, assigning him the lion's share of the blame for this season. I, I, I don't think he's blameless. I thought he coached a really poor season this year, um, as evidenced by the fact that Austin Reeves, the guy who just made history, is the first ever undrafted rookie to drop a triple-double. Um, he didn't play in the most important game of the season. Uh, that was certainly a choice by Frank. And over the course of the season, like he started the year starting DeAndre Jordan, and Anytime there was any kind of high leverage situation, he reached for his comfort blankie and in, in, in Avery Bradley. So, like, I don't think he did particularly well this season. But also, the, if you if you compare the job he did this year to the job that the front office did back in last summer, then you can understand why the front office is going to do whatever they possibly can to make it look like Frank was the problem all along. Um, and again, it just gets back to what I've been saying. Basically, as the season has looked more and more hopeless, that at the end of the day, it seems to me as if the people who are running the Lakers are exponentially more interested in the office politics of everything and those dynamics than actually doing their jobs to, to their best abilities, to the best of their abilities. Um, and, and until everybody is willing to do what is actually best for the Lakers and not what is actually best for their interests within the Lakers organization, then we're just going to keep getting shit like this. I do want to quickly just send off Frank and wish him the best. He seems like a really nice guy. He seems like he is, I think, one of the best defensive head coaches um, in the NBA. And 
he's going to be, I would imagine, an assistant coach with a smart organization starting next year, and he should get another opportunity as a head coach as soon as possible. Um, but look, at I, <laughs> he won a championship. He won, He went from third choice overall. Remember, the way that the Lakers went, when they hired Frank Vogel, it was, all right, it's Ty Lue and it's Monty Williams, and then there's this other guy sitting over there waiting to get interviewed. And um, Monty Williams winds up deciding, hey, I'm not going to wait for you guys. I'm going to go take this job in Phoenix. And then Ty Lue gets far enough down the line with the Lakers in negotiations that he had a Lakers birthday cake. Um, they fall apart at the last minute. They couldn't agree on the contract terms, and they couldn't agree on his bench. And he says, nope, screw this. I'd rather not work than, than come and work for you guys. And that left Frank Vogel. So he had the uphill battle of proving to everybody that he was not just the last man standing in those in, in that list of candidates. And he went from that to earning the respect of, of LeBron and AD in a way that allowed everybody to win and, and play in, incredible basketball um, and win a championship. That by itself is one hell of an accomplishment, and something I'm always I'm 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 always going to re uh, remember him fondly for, and and really respect his his approach to the game um, as such. It just so happens though that when the going got tough and the Lakers needed him to be a better coach uh, than he was, even when they won a championship, he became a a, a, a way worse one. Um, he became more stubborn. He never he, he half-assed the progress that he ever he, he tried to make in uh, looking at the Lakers as a more offensively driven team, and and never really got out of his own way. So um, everybody involved with the Lakers this year became the worst versions of themselves, and he's no different. This doesn't change the fact that he won a championship, but it is part of the story. So now the Lakers basically embark on an off season that has it feels like every time I look at what the Lakers need to do here a new question pops up and you know I, I honestly think before they do anything Jeannie seriously needs to sit down and at least consider some type of you know new approach organizationally to the way that the Lakers do things whether that's um, actually streamlining a workflow and and making that more clear than it currently is. It's cool to be collaborative, but collaborative can be can become chaotic really quickly if it's not organized. Um, and and so if if that's you know if if they if they want to keep everybody currently intact in their positions but streamline the workflow, then okay. I'm not. It doesn't make me particularly confident because I don't. I don't think anybody within the Lakers is actually good at their jobs right now. Um, but it, what they should really consider doing is bringing in somebody with more experience in the NBA than the Lakers currently have in their front office. And tonight was a perfect example of an inexperienced front office not knowing how to handle the situation. So either they didn't know how to handle, you know, how to how to keep a wrap. On, on Adrian Wojnarowski and say, hey, this is what we're thinking about doing, but obviously don't tweet this out 37 seconds after the season ends. Um, or somebody within the Lakers 
was so excited to fire Frank Vogel that they did leak it this way. And that is just not the way that business is done in the NBA by serious franchises. So uh, I bring in some experience, bring in somebody who, who uh, is not a continuation of the insular thinking that has plagued the Lakers organization for the vast majority of my lifetime. And, and then, you know, get to work. <laughs> you know, it, they, they have a lot of, they have to hire a coach. They have to figure out a trade uh, for Russell Westbrook that allows them to continue to improve the roster around whoever they acquire and obviously build on the foundation of LeBron and AD. They might have to make a decision on both LeBron and AD. Are those guys going to be healthy? Like, are they just go, do, do the Lakers have to plan on 50 games of those guys, basically, from here on out? Um, they have to make a decision on Taylor Horton Tucker. And if he is somebody who fits with the core of this Lakers organization and is on the timeline that everybody is on currently, um, they're, you know, they did some work ahead of time by keeping Winnie Gabriel, keeping Stanley Johnson. Then obviously Austin Reeves is under contract for next year too. So that they, 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 they've done some de- things de- decently, but they have a lot that they have to do here in, um, you know, they, they, they have huge decisions that have to be made in relatively quick order. And how they do all of that stuff is basically going to define not just next season, but frankly, the next era of Lakers basketball. No pressure, guys. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. Make sure you guys check out the Can You Dick It guys and their reaction to everything that went down last night. You guys are really going to, I'm, I'm sure those guys, Jacob has been um, as close to this Lakers team in this season as anybody. So I'm sure he has thoughts on how everything went down. Um, and and then we are into the offseason. So tomorrow I'm going to sit down and, and have a nice conversation with somebody and, and figure out uh, what the hell happened and where the Lakers go from here. Uh, the Lakers have exit interviews tomorrow, so we'll react to some of the things that are said there. Rob Palenka is not one of the people who are scheduled to speak. It seems like cowardice, in my opinion. Um, but maybe he has something scheduled for a later date after the players all speak who knows i would have thought that that would have been announced too if that was the direction that they're going in but uh, we'll wait and see until all of that i'm anthony irwin saying have a good one